Any way you want to do it. You ready to yeah, go? I'm ready. I'm ready. Wanna try it? Let me see. Wanna try it. Oh, Ron Benway likes to talk. Uh. Ron Benway likes to walk. That's what he does. Ron Benway likes to talk to friends and strangers. I practiced that, you know? Uh. Oh, hold on, hold on. Wait, wait. Give me no. the, uh, the, uh. Uh. You're the king of. Uh. Okay, I need to do my version. <laughs> Yeah, this is it. You got it. This is better. Rum likes to talk. Rum likes to walk. Rum likes to talk. Rum likes to walk. Got the walking blues. Rumbelway likes to talk to all friends and strangers. Oh man, smoking. There you go. Smoking hot. As usual, you've outdone <laughs> yourself, Mr. Spiel. You're the best. Cheers. Welcome to the episode. Cheers. Salute. <laughs> A social, as they say, mm. as Mr. Farmer says. Oh, yeah. Well, well, yeah. <laughs> so chill. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I'm here with Shane Spiel. Hey. Thank you, Shane Spiel, for meeting with me. I like your banana shirt you have on today. Yeah, I got a shirt, shirt with bananas, bananas on it. Some peeled, <laughs> some unpeeled. See, it's a thing. You know, I go on stage and I usually have the goofy overalls and sure. everything. And then you it's come see me at home and I'm dressed like suburban... <laughs> Suburban dude, like um, I mean, Beaver Cleaver. Yeah, I Ward Cleaver. You know, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> What's up with this guitar? You make cigar box guitars. Yeah, you work for cigar box. Guitars. We are sitting in my shop right now in my woodshed where I build guitars, and of course, the guitar I have in my hand, I did not build. <laughs> this thing is a four string. Uh, guitar made from an old toolbox, and uh, the toolbox came from the 1950s, and it's somewhere tuned to like an open G. Oh wow, crazy! Look at this; it still has hinges. It on still the side has the hinges it. on it. Yeah, like hinges and clips and yeah. stuff. Wow. Now I added a little preamp to this. Okay, that's you. Okay, but that's just that's on with Velcro. That. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, it's clearly not part of it. Yeah. But the guitar was built by a guy wow, named. Look at this thing. Yeah, a guy named Tim Wall. You played this the other night. Yes, I did. Yeah. A guy named Tim Wall had built this, and he had been building guitars for years, mm. um, and also performing. And Tim Wall is from uh, North Carolina, and last year he had a stroke. And, you know, I was worried about him, and I'd, I'd message him every once in a while. And he finally messaged back, and he goes, you know, I'm doing okay, I got through the stroke. He goes, in fact, I'm good enough that my hands, I can build guitars again. He goes, I just can't play them anymore. Yeah. That's and he goes, Shane, he goes, it's bugging the hell out of me. I have my main guitar sitting in my living room co collecting dust. If I send it to you, will you play it? And I said, it'd be an honor. So that's why I played it last the yeah, last time no, you played with me. I play it, it in yeah. every gig, yeah. and I tell the story about Tim. Um, because, you know, I have this massive collection of guitars, yes. and people all over the world are sending me 
these guitars and everyone has a story. Guitars so. just show up at your door. They do. Like you just like the mailman comes. The, you you and the mailman have such a personal relationship. Mm, Mail person. Well, Melissa keeps Mail trying to pay them to take the guitars is. away. Yeah. <laughs> 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 what I could do with this room down here. <laughs> but um, yeah, you got like you would just like like when I've watched your house in the past, like you'll just get guitars showing up to your doorstep. Every it happens. Day. It, it happens. Cracks me up. So, I mean, to, if, if people don't know what the backstory is, I've been making cigar box guitars since, um, well, for more than 25 years. 27 years now? 28? Um, <laughs> Time, huh? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I built my first one in 2000, uh, or no, no, 1993. Wow. Not to, 1993. Wow, right. last, last, yeah. uh, last decade. Yeah, last, last, last millennia. Century. Yeah. Last, last <laughs> and um, it was a three string cigar box guitar made from an old Swisher Sweet box. And for me at the time, I was searching for some deep blues. Now, you're always searching for a different type of music, always searching for the music that resonates within you. Mm -hmm. Me at the time, I was in this Delta Blues phase that I've never left, but I wanted something that was so deep that it had to be gritty, kind of because I grew up listening to the Sex Pistols. And you played metal when you were a kid. Yeah, I played metal. I played thrash metal. And I always stuff. liked the harshest of everything. Well, once I learned Delta Blues, then I wanted that blues that was so creaky and out of tune. And then I discovered the cigar box guitar. And since then, that's what I've done with my life. So... Um, yeah, no, and then I was the first person to post free plans for how to build a cigar box guitar on the internet way back in 2002, and those went viral, and since then, that's why guitars show up at my house. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and most, like you said, most of those guitars, like, usually aren't, are the guitars you play in concert. Yeah. Like, quite often, it's rarely a Shane Spiel guitar that you're... The guitars that you sell to the world. Yeah, I mean, I build made. them myself. And you do play your own guitars. I do. There's usually two or three in concert, but there's also three or four but I totally made by other people. like, some dude made it. And, and you've got to honor them. And so why don't you play that? Absolutely. You, you have to play that. Yeah, yeah. I once, in Seattle years ago, I was busking in the street, and a guy, uh, I lost my guitar. Someone stole my guitar mid-set. I left it somewhere. I felt too comfortable. I left it somewhere. Right. Got stolen. Come home. Got a roommate who just graduated college. Um, he says, I have this acoustic guitar. It's a Yamaha. I got it when I went to college. I'm never going to learn to play it. Can you please just take it from me? Like, you need a guitar. Right. Take it from me. Go put it. And he would see me out on the street playing his guitar, and yeah. he'd be so proud. Exactly. His guitar was getting time. Exactly. And that's the same. You know what the cool thing is? is? You were talking about me playing this guitar, right. this this toolbox guitar by Tim Wall. As we were playing the last show at Liquid Hero, um, Kennedy, our friend, mm -hmm. uh, Kennedy used to be our merch guy, and he showed up at the gig. Well, he was doing Facebook Live videos. Yeah, all night. <laughs> he has most of that show on. Tim Wall was watching on Facebook. Oh, he was watching. As I was playing oh, it. He so... got to see it live. Oh, perfect. It was so cool. Perfect, perfect. Speaking of old instruments, I do have to point out what's sitting right over here. Oh, the original washboard. The original washboard. We're, we're, wa we're out in your woodshed. I don't think I mentioned we're in your woodshed. I mentioned it. Oh, okay. you, you've had more beer than I have. <laughs> 
to, uh, to the right of me is a washboard sitting on two mic stands with all these cowbells. And um, so I mean, I can walk. Oops, I just lost my mic. That's alright. Hold on, oh, let me okay. go over here. But I can walk over here, and you can hear. <laughs> And this was a crazy contraption that introduced me that introduced me to Ron Benway. <laughs> That's funny. Because I was performing at the First Capital Dispensing Company for their open mic, and you would show up, and I had this washboard set up. It's 2011. It was just was it 2011? 2011. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for giving me a date because yeah. I had no idea when we started 20, this. I moved to town 2011, September 2011. I moved to town. So this washboard, I called it the House Drum Kit. Yes. Because if I was going to run an open mic and I play cigar box guitar, then my drum kit had to be something similar. And you're like, oh my God, I busk on the streets of Seattle playing a washboard. Only like months before that. Like months before that, I had bought a washboard. I was bored with what I was doing. And so I went into a little market in South Park in Seattle and I bought a tiny little, the El Amigo. Do you remember the El Amigo washboard oh, yes. I did over the first time? Um, it was a t it was smaller than the 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 double handy that I play, but it was an El Amigo, and I I brought it here, and had hardly played it at all in the streets of Seattle, but got here and saw that and was like I'm gonna play this with this guy, and it started. That's where we put the Snake Oil band together. And that's where it all started. It that's was started. because yeah. by that time Farmer John was bringing his wash tub bass in, mm -hmm. and then you mm -hmm. sat in on the wash tub, and then Aaron Lewis was like, "I play harmonica. Can I sit in?" Mm -hmm. And after several weeks, I said, "We're good enough to go out and play, <laughs> no practice or anything." And you know, the way I remember this is that you had a gig in the stadium, in the baseball, in the minor league baseball stadium. In the oh, that's stadium. what that was our first gig, and wasn't it? you invited it? me, only me. You were like, it's just me in a baseball stadium. Do you want to come just dance around and do stuff? And I was like, that's sure. Right. And so I came over, and like our first gig, you and me as a duo, was playing in a baseball stadium. Was Farmer John there too? I don't know. Farmer John was. Wow. He was just in the middle of a, a baseball, baseball stadium. stadium. Yeah, I love maybe, it. I mean, Farmer John might have been, still with the plastic bucket at that point. Yeah, exactly. The yeah, the yeah. soul bucket was a yeah. plastic bucket with a broomstick. It's funny. I was trying to be cool and all, but you and I have so much history. Like we played <laughs> so many shows together. To be like, hey, this is a guest on my show right now. It's just kind of silly. <laughs> no, it's because you play. You and I have played so much, and we know so much about each other. There's, I'm like not that. a guest. Yeah. This is yeah. This, this is two brothers hanging out in the, in, the, uh, in the woodshed, drinking land sharks. <laughs> land shark. Play us <laughs> a song, would you? Well, you have songs that you've never played anywhere else that you're going to play. I well, I have songs that I've played in concert, but nobody's heard outside of our dive bar shows. And um, I figured if you're going to be doing this podcast, I should bring at least two songs that are something people have never heard before. And so I wrote two. You know, I've been in between albums. Now I'm about to take a vacation. I'm going to Colorado. And. Uh, Colorado Springs. Colorado Springs, Colorado. No cannabis in Colorado Springs. Not legal there. I'm not a cannabis guy. <laughs> I know. Well, I know this. I'm just saying. I, I'm a malt guy. A lot, some people <laughs> will hear Colorado and be like, oh, what's going on there? No. no. Not where you're going. No. Okay. Uh, so, you know, I'm taking Melissa and the kids, and sure. and we're going to go, but I plan on writing the next album when I'm out there. I've, this and, is and I have yeah. a technique that I do for writing albums, and it's I show up with song titles. I come up with cool song titles, and then I fill in what the song should be about. Mm. And that's it's a weird way of working, 
but it works for me. Um, Colorado likes its history. I was just in Colorado. It likes its history. Oh, yeah? You'll soak up a lot of Colorado. Oh, we're going to take horseback rides in the Garden of the Gods. Oh, yeah, you'll totally. And stuff like that. So I'm hoping to do that. Now, these next two songs that I have planned for this podcast, I don't know if they'll make it in the album or not. Maybe we'll do something separate. But the first one is... um, these these songs are like straight up blues. They're fun blues. Mm. It's it's for when you're playing in a bar and you need a song just for everybody to be pounding beers. <laughs> um, and the first one is Aberdeen Women's, and Women's is spelled W I M M I N S. Women's, that's how you do it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Aberdeen is a is a place in Mississippi. I've never been there. But Bucka White sang about it, and I just like the name of the town. And uh, and so I wrote this, and the way the band's been doing it, we've got this sort of feel to it, and it goes... And it's a nice little stomp, yeah. because the band is a stomp band. I like the band. stomp, the shuffle. Yeah, but, we yeah. are very much yeah. a stomp band. So this is Aberdeen Women's. no liquor, I ain't got no cigarettes, ain't got no job no more, and I got no regrets. Got rid of that mean old woman, I got the road, that's all I get. no car and I got no gasoline ain't got no money I'm as broke as a man ever seen going down to Mississippi and I'm going to Aberdeen Oh, I'm gonna play the blues. Come on, toolbox. Aberdeen 
the Mississippi And I'm going to Aberdeen If I can't find no big leg woman Keep on walking to New Orleans I see you ready to start scrubbing as know, I'm playing. Right? Yeah, no, you're, you're reading my mind. It's so funny. I want to play with you. Like I wanna, as soon as I hear you play, I want to play. It's so funny. Yeah. I mean, that instrument I, is beautiful. Like that Isn't this guitar great? Yeah, it sounds great. It looks so ridiculous. Like I'm just Yeah, it's beautiful. Um Yeah. And and yeah, with my songs, anytime I'm being, anytime I'm doing the big dumb blues, which reminds me of Soundgarden's Big Dumb Sex, <laughs> you know, oh, that's kind of perfect. It's, actually, it is, yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, there's always the either drinking or big leg women. Right. I mean, yeah. it's big leg. How many songs of ours have big leg <laughs> women in there? You just got to. It's hilarious. It's great. Yeah, we're going to make it. Yeah. Mm. My goodness. And so you write these songs, and then you pepper them throughout the three-hour set. Right. right. And it just, it works great. But yeah, I've got a lot of, uh, this guitar is, is fantastic, and I've got a lot of special ones. I don't know if, I didn't let you see yet. It's in my living room. When we're done, I'll go show you. Okay. I actually have one of the tin can guitars made by Wiese. Yeah, yeah, and no, I haven't seen the Wiese. You haven't yet. seen I've the Wiese, seen and you wanted, wanted to, talk you, to you, you were Wiese. asking about that. Yeah, I wanted to talk to you about so that. So Wiese was this African uh, musician. He it, was in Liberia, in Monrovia, Liberia. And um, somebody filmed him, and the, the video clip went viral. And we're talking right. millions, so like 27 million yeah, yeah. on YouTube. 40 million on Facebook or something like that. It's just, you know. And um, what it was is this blind guy, and he was playing a three-string guitar made with an old turpentine can, and his frets were made uh, from coat hangers. It was so crazy. And he's playing it, and he's playing it like a champ. I mean, it sounds great, and he had this reggae feel to him. And he's such a showman about it, too. Yeah. That's something that you really can't downplay at all. Like, he made this thing out of garbage, found the found the strings out of nowhere, you know, right. like, whatever, like, and made this thing and would play for people, and it sounded incredible. Do you know that he got the idea to build the guitar from a dream? <laughs> of course he did. He got the... Tesla stuff. He got the idea <laughs> to build the guitar... Yeah. From a dream, yeah. and so the this will make your life better. I um, yeah. ended up. I saw the video, and through several series of what I call miracles, yeah, I was hooked up with a guy that lived in his neighborhood, and the guy was a pastor. And uh, you talked to we say directly? Did you? Yes. Yeah. So Skyped them. To, oh, you Skyped him. I've okay. Skyped. Okay. I yeah. Skyped them, and I know there was a lot of in between. It was it yeah. was tough yeah. because. Um, Liberian dialect is so rough. Right. It's tough to understand. Yeah, sure. Um, so I I realized he didn't have a home. He's blind. You know, even though this stuff went viral, it's not like he's getting a, 
a lot of money. And so I put a GoFundMe together, and we got him a home, food, and clothing. Right. Um, a friend, uh, CB Giddy, sent him another gas can guitar that they made with frets. <laughs> you know, just, it's like, we love yeah. you here. We're yeah. going to send this to you. Yeah. And then last year, uh, he was walking down the road in, in uh, Monrovia, and a car uh, swerved and ran right into him and killed him. And he was only in his early 40s. Yeah. I mean, no, he wasn't. Right. It was um, a shock. Yeah. I remember. It was a shock I mean, it, I've, I've got a, yeah. after that happened, I went through severe depression, and I've got a tattoo on my arm. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at your tattoo during the, I'm, I'm in my head, I'm thinking, like, remember to talk about we say, and I'm watching your tattoo as you're playing that song, and I'm like, I'm not going to forget this. <laughs> So I got a tattoo of his guitar on my arm, but the the other thing that came out of that was like I you did a lot for that village. I well, I, I'm still past. doing. You were you were but you brought them all jackets. You bought them all no you know, backpacks. It was it, no. We were working on the backpacks. What I I sent them a barrel full of clothes right. that I bought at the thrift store and sent to them. But since then, I have a, a website called stubbyslide.com. Okay. And it sells guitar slides and things like that. And I ended up giving 10% of everything, 10% gross of anything that's sold there. I send that pastor that hooked me up. Okay. I send it to him. Right. And he's feeding kids in, in Liberia. Uh, Liberia is like one of the three worst countries in, yeah. in the world. Right. I mean, it's nothing but widows and orphans because of civil war. Um, so I'm proud to be part of that. And I mean, they're begging me, come on over to Liberia. And it's like, if I come to, <laughs> if I come to Liberia, it's $8,000 by the time it's you. done. If you come to Liberia, nah. you're coming to play Washington. If I'm going to spend $8,000, I'm going to send it to them so they can buy food. Right. They course. eat once a oh, day a point, or once yeah. every other day. Yeah. For me to go there is vanity. To spend that money. Yeah. That's, that's absolutely. A that's a good point. But, uh, no, I, we say is, is now a huge part of me. And then... I'm, I'm realizing there are a few people like me out there that uh, were making and playing these homemade instruments. One of them was a guy named Ed Stilley. Ed Stilley was in the Ozarks, and he, in 1979, thought he was having a heart attack, and he was plowing his fields. He lived without electricity and everything in the Ozarks in this very rundown farm. He was plowing his fields, thought he had a heart attack, and he's laying in the, in the freshly plowed ground. And he got a vision from God. And God told him, I will make you better, but you, you should make guitars for little children. <laughs> yes. Wow. Yes. What a yes. great story. He made over 200 guitars for little kids. Okay. Two days ago, he just passed away at the age of 88. Oh, my gosh. And there's books have been written about him. And two days ago. Two days ago. Wow. They, his family and friends were surrounding him in hospice, singing music, playing on his instruments. And uh, Gosh, so special. it's like I have We Say and I have, you know, Ed Stilly. And there's a few people like me that are just like, I know we're not normal. Okay. I've seen the joy that you bring to an audience that had no idea what they were about to see. Well, you know what I mean? It's all I know. Well, it's all part of it. Yeah. It's all part of, yeah. And I think the next album I'm doing, you know, right now I'm playing goofy 
goofy barroom stuff. So much inspiration, though. The next so album's going to be yeah. a lot more spiritual. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, I don't know what, like, whenever I go on this vacation, I plan on writing lyrics, but what I want to hit is going back to my album 12 Stones, which was very much a great songwriter album that I did, and I want to go back to some of that. Yeah, I can do the fun blues and, you know, big leg women, but if I can write the next Tattoo of You or the next yeah. uh, Mother Leads and something that's storytelling, something that's deep. Something that means something to you, something that exactly. will spread across generations and time. And, and yeah. that's what I want. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Play but, some music. Yeah, the next song I have is definitely the opposite of everything we just said right now. <laughs> and now for something completely <laughs> I didn't think we'd go there, but... <laughs> <laughs> now big leg woman want a skinny leg man big leg woman want a skinny leg man I want to find a woman With fried chicken in her hand <laughs> Oh, pretty little girls Want to find them a rich man Man, I'll only love a girl with fried chicken in her hand. I said, What meat, dark meat, breast or thigh? I'll eat your chicken mama till the day I die. Oh, fried chicken is my message. Fried chicken is my plea. You want to shake the rafters? Get fried chicken in me. Oh, yeah, ooh. <laughs> yeah,
Got one more for you. I'll rock your world, mama. Like no man ever seen. I'll rock your world, mama. Like anyone ever seen. You give me your fried chicken and a side of collard greens. <laughs> I like fried chicken. Oh, I, I love fried chicken. There needs to be more songs about fried chicken. I just yeah, yeah, yeah that's a good I'm point. Serious. That's a good point. <laughs> we should probably. I should probably say that uh, unofficial sponsor is CB Giddy. CB Giddy. Uh, CBGiddy.com. Help me out there. What? Help me out with that. Announcing That's Giddy. good enough. CBGiddy.com. CBGiddy.com. Our, our unofficial sponsor. I'm his bitch. <laughs> You're his partner, his buddy, his pal, his comrade. He's got a good situation. There you go. Fried chicken. That was great. That was beautiful. <laughs> I want to hear um, um, the song you mentioned, um, uh, Tattoo. Oh, okay, I tattoo. usually do, don't do I know. Like, I, just, I just feel like, I know there'll be a ton of people who know you who listen to this and who know me and you together who listen to this, but there'll be a handful of people who don't know who you and I are. If there's anyone who doesn't know who you are, you have such a good presence online. All right. Um, I'll shut up. <laughs> Got a tattoo of you way back in 44. Just a young sailor heading to a bloody war. Yeah, the tattoo was amazing. You were looking so fine You had flowers in your hair And softer curvy lines And I wore it like a badge, baby Yeah, I wore it like a medal of honor I got a tattoo of you So everyone can see I belong to you, girl You belong to me Oh, check it out, baby I got a tattoo of you Yeah, came with me through Paris and out along the Rhine. It was just like you went with me. Oh, stay with me all the time. And when I got back home, our kids would trace the lines as I held them in my arms. And you, and you, and you, and you, and you sing them nursery rhymes. Oh, yeah, got a tattoo of you, everyone can see, I belong to you, girl, 
Tattoo hunger of a young and wild day. You've been gone several years, and and when I can't find those tears. I roll up my sleeve, yeah, to that, to that old tattoo. You, I'm still wearing it like a badge, my girl. I'm still wearing it like my medal, medal of honor tattoo of you. Tattoo of you. Just between you and me, baby, our love will always be. Just between you and me, baby, our love will always be. Just between you, just between you and I got a tattoo of you way back at 44. Just a young sailor heading to a bloody war. First off, I want to thank you because I'm trying to get my French Canadian uh, listenership up. So thanks for <laughs> oh, come on. There. Yeah. <laughs> but I have to say that over and over, like all the years I've watched you play or played around you or been in the room when you're playing a song, you always, you never cease to amaze me how you interpret a song so differently from one moment to the next moment, from one gig to the next gig, you'll like... Oh, nothing's ever the same. changes. Nothing's ever the same with the way we play it. But no. even right now, like I've heard you play that song so a hundred times, right. easily a hundred times I've heard you play that song. And like, just like, it still is amazing to me. Like you still played it a little differently to, to right do. now. <clears throat> and that's just, that's just what I think is kind of the magic of who you are and what you do as a musician. Regardless of the history that you're promoting or the people you're, you know, working with or whatever you're doing, well, you're this always is, making something different. Uh, okay, there's the magic do. in it. There's the magic. You're always taking what you do and making it different and better and altering it in some way to keep. I've got to the magic alive. I've got know? to keep it fresh. Yeah. However, yeah. when you play homemade instruments that are all different. Right. If I'm going to play this song on a different instrument, and a tattoo of you is played on a three string, this is a four string, and the tattoo of you is also in a different tuning. 
Um, so I had to interpret it different musically. But then as you're doing it musically, you're listening to what the guitar is telling you. Mm. And then you're also listening to the lyrics. Okay, and Tattoo of You, I've got to be an actor. I've got to think about what the lyrics are. It's about a, a World War II sailor getting a tattoo of his girl. And all the years later... And after she passes away, he's still pulling up his sleeve to look at the tattoo of his girl on his arm, and he's still wearing it like a medal of honor. You have to pitch an emotion. You do. You way, do. And in conveying the song correctly. And that's what... You can get up and I, play it, but if you don't convey an emotion... And you do that really so well as, as... You do that as well. <laughs> and even when you're doing covers or whatever, you're, you're interpreting them as an actor. And you need to do that because it pulls the audience in. Mm. Um, and uh, there's times I've done Tattoo of You where I've had too many beers in me and the emotions were so high. By the time I was done, I was crushed on stage. I've seen that. Yeah, and I've the seen audience is crushed too. Yeah. yeah but right. that's all part of this <laughs> magic. That's what's funny about Tattoo of You in the middle of a set. Of big leg woman songs. Oh, I know. You just pull this song out. It's like the ladies are crying at the bar. Exactly. After their fifth shot or whatever, and they have no idea what's coming <laughs> at them. Like, don't worry. He's got. He's got a. He's got love in him too. Kind of thing. Yeah. It's. Yeah. It's. And that's why yeah. the show has to have all those different elements. I mean, as I'm doing a concert, yeah, we're doing the big dumb sex. The big leg woman stuff. We're doing murder ballads. Mm-hmm. So many murder ballads that are in there, killing songs that go back to my heavy metal days, but done in a jug band. And then I have the love songs, uh, and all these things just need to be. It you, you need to have that ebb and flow in a three hour show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I hate doing forty five minute shows. I hate doing one hour shows. I need three hours. It's funny, right? Yeah. It's, I need three yeah, hours yeah. because I need to take the audience on that trip. And the first set is always a throwaway. No matter how prepared we are. It's the pancake. It's the first pancake. It is? Yes! <laughs> it's the first pancake! That is it! Yes! But you're like, like Snake Oil is like P-Funk. Like yeah. when the audience is involved, we're involved. And when they're right. involved, or you're involved, or whoever you're playing with. Exactly. Snake oil, snake it's oil, like P Funk, yeah. except I'm not paying my band in cocaine <laughs> <laughs> or screwing them out of royalties. <laughs> uh, but it's funky. Oh, I just watched a documentary on them. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, even though I'm playing cigar box guitar and, and the band is homemade instruments, you cannot, you cannot disregard songwriting. Songwriting is absolutely essential. And I've seen it with so many acts out there that think that they can just get lazy on the songs. Mm -hmm. And no, you need to bleed. Songwriting is like bloodletting. And you need... Therapy. You need to cut open those veins. It hurts. And you need to do that stuff. Um, And... There's no other way around it. Right. So. Yeah. 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 Well, I think we accomplished our goal today. I think so. We got beers at home to drink. Play me out. Play play something else for it. Oh, I don't know what. This has been some time with Shane Spiel on Ron Benway talks to friends and strangers. Thanks for listening. 
Probably, you're probably the person I know best so far in this in this whole adventure. So <laughs> let's give it, it one one more. Hold on. Hold on. Rock over London. Rock on Chicago. Coke. It's a real thing. Folgers, good to the last drop. <laughs> 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 All right, you're done. Stick a fork in.